the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus says to follow me. So how do we do that? We'll talk about it next. Join us. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Here in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says to follow me. Now, does that mean that we follow him to church once or twice a week for a couple of hours? We don't cuss, we don't swear, we don't go out with people who do? Well, there's much more to this command, follow me, than a simple obedience with our feet. It's a matter of the heart, as we're seeing today. Join us. Here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, our teacher and pastor once again with a look at this command to follow me. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. He who loves, and this is the key, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me, there it is, is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake, he says, will find it. Now that's pretty strong words, saints. Pretty strong. But what is he doing here? He's, in the following of Jesus, what is he doing? He's helping us to understand That our compassion, our passions, our loves also have to be, our love has to be prioritized. What do you really give your affections to, your passion to? What have you given yourself up to? When he's saying here is, your mother can't come before me. Your father can't come before me. Your kids can't come before me. That in your life, I have to be your first love. I have to be the person that you love more than anything. And in that, there's going to be moments where it's going to, like he said, it's going to create division. It's going to create a separation. Why? Because like I said earlier, natural ties are sometimes the hardest thing to prioritize and to get right in our life. Because we have a tendency to put people before God. And what is he saying? There's going to be moments where you may be the only one in your home that's saved. Are you willing to stand for Jesus and not compromise? It may be that you may be the only one in your family that that, that desires to do something right in the sight of God. Are you willing to stand flat-footed? And this is why he's saying, I didn't didn't come to bring peace but a sword. There's going to be sometimes a cutting away. And I can remember as a pastor of this church, I'll never forget... We had a young lady who, who, who came to this church, wanted to give her life to God. And she started attending our services. She was doing really well, and God was moving in her life. And then all of a sudden, and, and, and 
let me back up. But she was she came out of a Muslim family. And so she would come to church and she was and we were getting her from a doctrinal standpoint, trying to help her to understand the things of God. And she would come, and then finally she just started saying, well, you know, my family is giving me a hard time, and, and you know, they, they're, they're kind of being critical of me right now because I'm coming to church, and there was a battle going on. And this is what the devil does. The devil, what he ultimately wants us to do is side with the natural when we should continue on with the spiritual. And then ultimately, this lady, this young lady, she, she, she started coming sparingly, sparingly before long she just disappeared and and then the last thing i heard was her family had given her so much pressure that she just gave up and and she just she just left it when she had the truth and i think it's the same thing sometime for us it could be on your job it could be in your home just like we stated it could be with your kids it could be with people Never allow your affection for a person to supersede your affection for God. And I think it's, it's important. I know this can be hard, but we've got to fall in love with Jesus. Man, my goodness. He's got to become our passion and our desire in life. We have to be willing to look people in the eye and say, no, I'm choosing God. I'm choosing God. But unfortunately, people, they'll, they'll, in their mind, well, God, you understand. I just have to, you know. But Jesus, what is he doing? He's saying you have to follow him. He says, and he, in verse 38, look at this. He says, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. There's a cross aspect to following Jesus. And it's tied to our affections and our desires and our love for God. Do we put Jesus first? And, and sometimes in, in putting Jesus first, it's going to be painful because you may lose a relationship. They may not invite you over for Christmas. Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, oh, well. Listen, you got to follow God because he's the ultimate prize. And I think sometimes this happens. It may be that on your job, you may be the only one, but I'm going to take this aspect of my cross and say, man, I don't love you more than I love God, man. I don't love you more than I love God. I'm not getting involved in that. I love God too much. I can't be playing around. I can't. You guys, well, then don't be my friend. Praise the Lord. But I love God, man. Can I have an amen? And what happens is we'll compromise. Well, you know, well, you know, Sugar Tony came over and he said he needed prayer. Sugar Tony, you know, he, I'm still trying to get delivered from them, you know. And we go through this process, and it says, instead of just asking ourselves, do I love God enough to cut this brother off? Do I love God enough to cut her off? Do I love God enough to say, no, I'm going to go with God. You guys can call me crazy, but I'm going with God. Saints, we have to get this. This is what Jesus is saying. And if, we not, if we're not willing to do this, then we're not worthy of him. He says we're not worthy. This is the context. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Look at this. This one was very interesting as I looked at it through scripture. And one word really jumped out at me. Verse 24 on down to 27. The context for this passage of scripture is desiring to come after him. 
Just underline the word desiring or desire. And this is important. Look what he says in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires, he says it again, to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in, in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will, he will reward each according, he says, to his works. You know, sometimes when, when we're considering following Jesus, he, he says this, if a person desires, and there's some, there's some people even in this room right now, you're on the verge and you're, you're really in your mind, you know, kind of seeking understanding and trying to get, what is all this church stuff about, this Christianity, I'm trying to, and, and then and for some, some individuals here, there's a desire that's starting to creep in. Man, I really want to, I wouldn't mind following God, man. I've been there. You know, you start feeling like God is calling you and you feel like, man, I need to change my life. And man, why did I do that last night, man? Man, I'm tripping, man. I know I should. Oh, man, I wasn't raised like this. People try to tell me and you start getting this desire in your heart and, and, and you start wanting to kind of follow Jesus. But Jesus stops these individuals and he says, if anyone desires to come after me, When you're in that mode where you're starting to desire, he's basically saying, now you've got to stop and consider the cost. He said, if you wanted to come after me, and I want to say this because, let me say this, saints. We have preached a cheap gospel that has perverted the minds of people all over this planet. And they think that walking with Jesus Christ is just about coming to church and punching your ticket, but then leaving and living, living like the devil for the rest of the week. But the devil is a liar. Jesus is looking for conversion in our lives. Can I have an amen? We have cheapened the gospel to the point that we don't, people, all you got to do is believe. No, your belief should result in obedience in a changed life and a desire to walk with Jesus for the rest of your life. Can I have an amen up in here? Because what happens is, what happens is Jesus stops them. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, he said, first, the first thing you got to do is you got to deny yourself. He said, then take up your cross. He said, then follow me. So that means there's something in me that I have to be willing to embrace. I have to deny the old Napoleon Kaufman. I have to deny the old me. I have, to, I have to take the authority and power out of his hands to lead and guide and govern me and submit to a new lordship in my life. Because now I'm following him. I have to stop and say, man, if you really want to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you. Number one, he's going to demand that you deal with you. Whew. That you deny you. And all your lustful possessions and desires and passions, all the things you want, all your dreams, you're going to have to, there's going to, he's going to ask you to let some of that stuff go. Are you willing to do this? Count the cost. Look at your neighbor and tell him you got to count the cost. 
He said, deny yourself. And then he said, take up your cross. That means now there's a, there's a pain element to this that I got to be willing to embrace in the letting go. He says, and then follow me. Now, there's so much more to be gained on the other side of this decision. But when a person, the context is, if you start desiring to do this, you need to stop and you got to realize what it's going to cost you. And he's helping them to, to see this. This is how we get to the place of truly following him. So I got to deny myself. I got to take up my cross. And what I'm basically saying is, Lord, I don't know where I'm going. Can you lead the way? Can you lead the way? Can I have an amen? Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19. And this is a big one. Verse 16 on down to 22. Now behold, one came and said to him, teacher, good teacher. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God, his father. But if you want to enter into life, he says, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all, though, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect or mature, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. The context here, we see this very, here, very clearly here is the context of our value of earthly possessions. And material things. I think this is important. God wants us. And we just prayed about this. God, he loves to see us blessed. He loves us from a, even from a financial standpoint. He loves to see us blessed. And he loves us to have things. But he doesn't want things to have us. This man here is in a situation where he has, he has, from an integrity and character standpoint, we see he's doing a great job. Jesus didn't deny that he had kept those things, those commands. But there was one issue in his life that was holding him back. And I think sometimes this is what happens to us. Is we're doing good, but there's an area that God's really trying to get to. And in this case, we see that it was his earthly possessions and his material wealth. He didn't want to, he couldn't part with those things. Those things had a grip on him. To the point that when he heard this saying, he said he got sorrowful. And he went away. And I think it's the same thing that we have to look at in our personal lives. And maybe this isn't your issue. But for some people it is. That their, that their possessions, that money is their driver. Their wealth is their driver. Their stuff is their driver. And you know, I want to just pause here. And this is one of the reasons why I just thank God. Because even for us as a congregation, we have this, we have, look, what, look how God's blessed us with this big old building. 83,000 square feet. I mean, we got the places packed all the way to the back. We get this a blessing. But I don't forget having three services over there in that box. I don't forget going home, whoa, out. <laughs> Toe up from the flow up. <laughs> Honey, my feet hurt, my back, my neck. I don't forget. I try never forget. I thank God for all this stuff. 
But the stuff's got to be placed in its right context and place in our lives. I don't forget growing up in Longpoke, California, living in a be- one-bedroom home, apartment. My wife, I mean my mom, my mom's boyfriend, my uncle, and a dog. I try, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't forget that stuff. I sit down, sometimes when I'm at home, I just, in my mind, I just mull it over in my, in my mind. Napoleon, don't you ever forget where you came from, where God brought you from, where you got, where, where he did, where, can I have an amen? Don't ever, don't ever forget. I never, I, I, no, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that Audi I had that took about 20 minutes to start. I would go out to lunch, and I'd say, man, let's go to McDonald's, man, and we're going to lunch. And my teammates would say, man, we can't ride with you because by the time we get back, you're going to just be starting your car. <laughs> so when I'm riding my BMW, let me tell y'all, I don't forget that. Come on, hold on. It's going to start. Be patient, man. Well, lunch is over, man. We got class. Say, what I'm saying is, is this, we can't forget, and we, we, we get this stuff, we get this stuff, and we start holding on to it, and just holding on to it, and this, this, young, this young man here, he has this money, and he doesn't, he doesn't realize it's not about this stuff. Jesus said, would you, would you be willing to give all this stuff away and follow me? He said he went away sorrowful, and I think sometimes it's because we don't stop and pause and say, wait a minute, man. When I didn't have nothing, man, Jesus was in my life, and he, was, he helped me and saw me through. And, and, man, whatever Jesus wants from me, man, you can have it, Lord. You gave it to me anyway. Everything you need, God, whatever you want, it's yours. It's the context. If we're going to follow him, then our possessions and money and everything has to be placed in its proper context in our life, especially when it relates to him. Last passage of Scripture, and this one is found in the book of John, chapter 21. Most of those scenarios and situations that you saw in the book of, uh, book of Matthew, you can see them in the book of Mark and, and Luke. Same scenarios, a little bit different wording and different things like that, but the points are basically the same. But there's one in the book of John that I saw that was different than anything I'd seen in the other Gospels. John chapter 21 Verses 20 to 22. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Peter has been restored into fellowship after he's denied the Lord. He's asked Jesus. I mean, Jesus has asked Peter to feed his lambs and to feed his sheep. And in the midst of this dialogue, and as he's going through this process with Jesus, we pick up the story in verse 20. It says, then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. This is John who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who, who is the one who betrays you? And says, Lord, who's the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. The context of this passage of Scripture is really our concern about what other people are doing and what God is doing in other people's lives. 
I think we could do ourselves a big favor by not worrying about what everybody else is doing. If we just, if, and we do our, 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 ourselves a big favor, we would help ourselves get delivered from jealousy, from envy, from self-seeking, and insecurities. And so what is Jesus doing? He's stopping him and he's refocusing him and he's helping him to get his eyes off man and to get his eyes back on him. What is this to you? Whatever I'm doing in this person's life. You, he tells him, you follow me. Keep your eyes on me. And I think sometimes even within the context of church, we're worried about God bless them. Well, why can't God bless me like that? God gave them a breakthrough. How come I haven't got my breakthrough? And I think sometimes we just have to stop and realize at the end of the day, that's not my business. My business is to keep my eyes upon Jesus and not worry about what everybody else has got going on in their life. Now, we're going to be a blessing and try to help. And and you guys understand what I'm saying. I think what happens is jealousy sets in. And envy begins to creep in. And when we do this, we start trying to find flaws in other people to make ourselves feel a little bit better about our plight and our condition. Well, God blessed them, but there's always a but there. Instead of just saying, well, God bless them, well, praise the Lord. God, do it. And I'm just going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And when we find ourselves you know, researching and, and trying to find out about how this person got their blessing and their blessing and, and how come, you know, God's blessing them and, and we're, you know, creeping around on Facebook and, and all over on this and Twitter and, and all over the place trying to find out. We need to stop and say, God, I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. I'm just going to continue to follow you. Peter has so much destiny. Jesus recalibrates him in the moment why because peter was going to be used to change the world he was going to preach the first message at the, on the day of pentecost three thousand souls get saved he's going to use him to to be an apostle in the church and to lead and to be a blessing but peter almost got sidetracked because he's worried about what john is doing and we do this all the time we do it on our jobs you know how come that guy's going up the ladder how do he go? Oh, he must, be, he must be doing something with the boss, you know, hanging out. Something's going on. Whether it's a buddy-buddy system around here or what? We start making it in our minds, you know? And it may be some of that going on, but what does that have to do with you? It's the same thing in the church. We do the same thing. Oh, why this person get it? How come they got a, you know, they're a deacon or they're a minister? What does that have to do with me? I'm serving Jesus Christ. I could care less. You can call him pontiff, chief pontiff, peace, priest, whatever. I don't care. Just show me Jesus. Can I have an amen? We have to stop and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Pastors driving by the church to see how many cars in the parking lot. I'm going to show up to church late so I can just see. I want to see how God is blessing them. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about me. Do you. Can I have an amen? We got it. But this is what Jesus is saying. Peter, you got your eyes in the wrong way, direction. And we do it all the time. How did he get her? How did he get her? God knows I've been praying. 
how did he get her? That doesn't make any sense. The, the Lord, I got to bind the devil. Something trying to block me. And we start getting all deep and spiritual. And, and Jesus is saying, just follow me. How did he get him? How did she get him? How, how did that happen? She must have baked him some cookies. You know, how did that happen? You know, we, we, start, we start conjuring up in our mind how it happened. Don't worry about how it happened. Just be you. You do you. Follow Jesus. Can I have an amen? Can we praise God on that? Can we get free? He said, don't worry about that. You follow me. Peter, get your eyes off John. Don't worry about John. I'm going to read this one more time. I'm going to read because some people are getting free up in here right now. I'm going to read this one more time. And I want it to sink in. And then we're going to pray. Verse 22. Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you and then he says you follow me well thank you for joining us for times of refreshing with our teacher and pastor napoleon kaufman this program is the production of the well christian community and we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in christ If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email. Thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.